If you have a Bible with you, find the book of Romans, Romans, and we're going to be in chapter number 10, Romans chapter 10, the way to the right side of your Bible, if you have a paper version of that. Last week, uh, we, ca- we called last Sunday Vision Sunday, and we, uh, like if you were here, you heard us lay out a little bit of a plan for the next number of years even in our church family of, of focus. Uh, and priorities and some different things that we felt God was kind of moving us towards uh, and really wanting us to focus on as a church family. Three specific things, go ahead and put that slide up for me, thank you, and um, all of this is really in the context of what we kind of are calling building the kingdom of God, uh, which is really the words that Jesus used. He talked about the kingdom of God all the time. And he even prayed it in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come. And so for us, a big part of who we are in our future really has to do with us figuring out how to better and better build the kingdom of God um, here on earth. And uh, and so there's three areas for that. We have what we call our kingdom builders giving, which we are going to lay out in detail today about what that looks like. And we have a very strategically put together plan in place um, for the future. I'm excited to share with you, like this thing right here is amazing when you get into what we are going to be doing here in 2022 uh, in that. And so that's a part of that. Um, we also want to plant and revitalize churches here in central Minnesota. It's a call that, that we feel like is, is a, this is who we are. And we had started that as we, as we have revitalized this church in Long Prairie, and now that is a second location of us, and we feel more of that is coming in the next couple years. Um, we also want to send ministry people out, and, and so that's the, that's the quick version of the 45 minutes of last week, if you missed it. But I'm telling you, if you were not here, I want you to go... T- Find some time to watch that thing. You can go right to our website and you can just click on that and you can watch uh, that message. It is important and especially like if you consider yourself a part of this church family, because we have some guests in here and I understand that and, and different things and some of you have only been coming for a couple weeks or whatever. If, if, like, if this is your church family, then I really want to encourage you if you were not here last week to take 45 minutes at some point and to watch last week's sermon because um, I, I, part of last week was that we got to be unified and we need to really unite to, on the same page to do what God is calling us to do and a whole bunch of us didn't hear. And so how can we be united if only some of us under, understand and know? And so I don't have time to preach that whole message again for those who are gone, so just go, please go um, find that, okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to go watch that if I didn't. Good, do, say it. I told you to say it. Why aren't you saying it? I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. All right, Uh, next Sunday, we are gonna be talking about those, the right, the right to, okay? It's weird when you stand the other direction, it gets confusing, okay? But but this morning, the, the focus is this first one right here, what we're calling Kingdom Builders Giving, and I cannot express to you how important I believe that the next few moments that we have together truly are, and I'm convinced that this topic is one of the biggest ways that we can impact the kingdom of God in our world today. I'm convinced of it, and I want to show you some of that. Uh, I also want to challenge you today to kind of go into this with a little bit of an open mind and an open heart, uh, because for some of us, we don't like it when churches talk about money, and, and I understand that. Uh, but so I'm just asking you to kind of open yourself up here a little bit to maybe what God would, would want to say um, to you. Okay, before we get to the Bible, I want us to pause for a moment and I want us to pray together. And so please stand with me all over this place and let's just kind of focus for a moment and really invite, invite God to do something significant today um, in this place right here. And so let's just pray. God, we, we invite you into the next few moments purposefully uh, just opening our hearts and our minds, God. Uh, I, I pray for, for us to truly experience you through your very word and as a church that we would unite to do something much bigger than us. And so God, we just, we just pray for this. God, I pray that this would come across in the right way, uh, that this would not be manipulative, that it would not be guilty, driven, shamed junk, but that this would just be your heart kind of coming out. And so Lord, that is, 
It's really our prayer today. And so God, we just give this to you in your name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. <clears throat> All right, we gotta get right into this because we really do have a lot this morning. This is going to be a fire hose of information. And so just kind of stand there with your mouth open and we'll see what happens, okay? Uh, but in a moment, we're going to look at a passage of scripture from a book in the Bible that's just called Romans. Romans is one of the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote. He wrote a whole bunch of letters. Uh, we have at least 13 of them in our Bible. Uh, one of them, the one we're gonna look at is called Romans, and we call it Romans because Paul wrote this letter to a bunch of Christians in Rome. And uh, the book of Romans is fantastic. Uh, it is theological in nature, and if you don't know, like that's a weird churchy word maybe for you, but what it means is, uh, Romans is really where we get a whole lot of why we believe what we believe as Christians. Uh, where where uh, the story of the Bible is really one united story. You may not think of it that way because there's all sorts of individual stories, but it's really a story of God who created people and he created us to be in this beautiful relationship with him. That was the very beginning and how it worked. Uh, at the same point, he created people with the ability and the options to choose how they're going to live their life and to choose whether or not they are going to respond to God or they're going to turn their backs on him. And it's really the story of humanity that we just didn't choose very well. From the very beginning, even with Adam and Eve, everything was kind of broken from that point forward. So the entire story of the Bible is a God who created this, and this is what it was supposed to be like. We turned our back on him, and God responded in, and, and made a way for this to all be fixed. And he did that by sending his son to come and to die. And okay, you know the story of Jesus. If that is, you know, if you're here, that's, that's how this works. And in America, almost everybody knows Jesus died on the cross and all. And, and all of that. But the book of Romans takes this story of what God has done and really personalizes it for us as individuals and for us as a church, saying this is how this works and this is what we should believe, but then also this should play out in the way that we live our lives. And this should play out in a certain different things and our hearts should really begin to kind of be transformed um, uh, to be like Christ and to love people and to do what God has really called us to do, okay? And so that's the book of Romans and what that is. And there's probably not a better, clearer place that we find this contrast of this is what we believe and this is what we should do than Romans chapter 10, famous passage of scripture, beautiful passage of scripture. And first, we are given this clear picture of how a person receives what's called salvation, or the Bible will say to be saved. That's the words that the scripture uses. In fact, uh, you know, if you've ever asked yourself, how do I I get to heaven, we have it laid out for us right here, very clear, very pointed. And so let's start with this Romans 10, verse number nine is where we're gonna start. And so you can follow along, I'll have it on the screen behind me as well. It just says this, it says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. We're given a formula here of, of to be saved is the word the Bible uses. Declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Uh, like, and understand the word believe shows up all throughout the scripture as a part of this formula of how a person um, goes to heaven. This idea of believing, but, but don't miss this, okay? Uh, believing in Jesus is not enough. It's not enough. And if you'd say, what do you mean? The scripture at one other point says, even the demons believe in Jesus, okay? It's like it's more than just having a belief that there might possibly be a God up there, okay? There's more to this in this. Like, like there is a deep inside internal understanding, belief, declaration that happens when you respond to what you have learned and heard about Jesus, okay? This deep inside thing, and you declare with your mouth is what it says, or it actually, a different translation says, 
you confess with your mouth, okay, that Jesus is Lord. That's different than just believing. So we believe in our heart, but we confess with our mouth, okay, uh, that Jesus died, was raised, and salvation is in that, okay? And if you're here today and you would say, I've never really done that, all right, we'll give you an opportunity to do that even at the end of the service today, okay? Verse number 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. The word justified just means like you are made right with God. Because without this, you are wrong with God. Okay, what Jesus did, and you are now made right, you are justified, uh, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Now don't mishear that believe phrase, because you have to use some other things, because anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Like, Okay, we understand believing is not enough, even though that sentence by itself kind of feels like that. Okay, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's this deep down, sincere, inside thing that happened. Okay, so understand, and I'm just taking like 30 seconds on this, I promise, and then we're getting to where we're going today. But getting baptized, taking communion, going through confirmation class, class, giving money, doing enough good is not a part of the formula of, to, to go to heaven. Those things, uh, as great as they are, and I don't mean to put any of that stuff down because we do a lot of that around here, but this is, it's deeper than that. Those are more of a response of what God has done in our, uh, on us in the inside, okay? Uh, and and uh, Paul continues here, and so here we, here we go, verse number 12, all right? For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul is writing this to a conf- in a confusing time because the Jewish people, Paul was a Jew, by the way, and so was Jesus. A weird thing to think about is Jesus was not a Christian, okay? Christianity started when he died and raised from the dead. He was not a Christian in this way that we think about it. Okay, Paul grew up Jewish. The Jewish people were waiting for a Messiah. And many of the Jewish people, when Jesus came and they believed, assumed that this was a Jewish Messiah to the Jewish people. Paul here is saying it's bigger than that. It's bigger than you understand. This is for, and he uses the word, everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is for everybody. That's significant in the scripture for us. We don't really think of it that way because it's weird for us to think that maybe God would only save some. That, that, that's weird for us, okay? Uh, verse number 14, where we're really getting to today. So focus in with me on this. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Okay, we've just been shown this beautiful thing of God making a way and if we confess and believe in our hearts and all of this, we can be saved. And then he transitions to this section here about how can, okay, now the question is, who is they? Go back, go back one more here for me. Go back one more on the slide because I want to see all of the they's. You see that? Okay. Uh, who is they and them in this, in this passage of scripture? That's, that's what I want us to start with. We've got they's and them all over the place in this. How can they, how can they, and then how can they to them? Okay, who's the author talking about in they and them? Well, this isn't rocket science. This isn't that difficult. He's talking about people who have not heard yet about the good news of what Jesus has done. Okay, very simply, he's talking about people who have not yet heard. How can they hear? Okay, is what he's saying. Okay, he writes, the good news is for everybody, and everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then he says, but how can someone call on the name of the Lord? How can someone be saved if they don't believe in him? And how can someone believe in him if they have not heard of him and what he has done? And heard of Jesus coming. And how can they hear unless somebody tells them? 
Okay, we could spend all day on this, and, and there's so much deep stuff in this portion right here that, um, that I love, and I would love to just talk this out, but for the sake of time and where we're going today, I'm just going to kind of put this all together in one sentence for you, okay? Here's the sentence. Every Christian and every church has a responsibility to those who have not yet heard. Every Christian and every church has a responsibility to those who have not yet heard heard, okay? This isn't just some special job that is given to some people. This isn't a special job for people who have the call of God on their life or however you want to word this. This is every Christian and every single church. We have a responsibility to this, okay? Paul right here just says we have this beautiful thing that God has done and salvation has come in what he has done. And then he says, but how can people know this unless somebody tells them? It's this responsibility for those that do know in those that do know and have heard to figure out how to tell people who have not heard and do not know. It must be a part of, like this is non-negotiable for me. I don't see a way around this. It should be a core, core part of who we are as Christians to figure out how to tell people who have not yet heard, yet I think you would agree with me and say the majority of American Christians, this is not our priority and this is not on our radar and we kind of, very easy for us to just complacently, selfishly go through this Christian thing. When people all around us and people all around the world simply do not know. They don't know. And we have a responsibility in this, okay? But the question that comes out of this for me is simply like, what does this look like? What does it look like for us to have a responsibility to those who have not yet heard? Well, there's all sorts of things that we could, like ways we could go with this. We could talk about even just how we live our lives and the way in which we live can in a way show people Jesus, the way we live. And I love that. That's important. We could discuss telling people with our very mouths and saying and and finding people that we work with or whatever else and people who do not believe and, and even are confused about things and we use our words to explain and to tell like things like this should absolutely be a part of this conversation and answering this question of what does this look like but today like I, I today is about a totally different angle for me uh, something that I believe in with everything that I am. And, and I want to just start by just kind of saying this as a sentence. Um, write this down. One of the most effective ways we can tell people who have never heard is actually through strategic giving of what we have. Specifically as Americans here where we live in a nation where almost everybody has actually heard what we're dealing with is people who are rejecting what they hear, okay? One of the most, like, I'm hesitant to say the number one way, but I kind of feel that way sometimes. Through my experience, through even some of my travel, through, through interacting with people around the world and people in different situations, in different settings, like I'm just convinced that one of the most effective, if not the most effective way that you as an American can tell people who, has never heard, who have never heard is actually through st- strategic giving of your finances, okay? Uh, and I wanna talk about this a little bit today. What I wanna do quickly um, is show, show you how giving currently works at our church. In fact, grab that table for me, guys, who's ever doing that, and, Wow, that's some good-looking pastors right there. (laughs) Hurry up so I get their attention back over here. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But I want to present to you today, just for a moment, um, a little bit farther back. So there we go. That's perfect. Okay, thanks, guys. Uh, How we currently, how like the money stuff works behind the scenes here at our church. And for some of us, you're just starting to come to our church maybe or your first time and this will be super helpful. There are a lot of us though that have been coming to our church and like this is your church family and you don't really understand what I'm gonna explain to you here in just a moment, okay? And so we're going to, I'm gonna use these buckets 
uh, to really illustrate some things when it comes to giving at our church and uh, understand that, that the giving, there's not like real buckets. This is just an illustration, understand, okay? So some of you are gonna be like, where's the bucket for this around here? <laughs> okay, that's not really what this is, okay? Uh, but we have these different buckets in a way that people in our church family give to at different seasons and different times throughout our church. And uh, quickly, let's just talk through them. Number one, um, we're gonna call this bucket what we call the general fund. Yeah, that's the word that we use behind, uh, behind the scenes. Sounds super cool, isn't it? The general fund. This would also just be like the word tithe uh, on your offering envelope. It may just say tithes or offerings and just understand when people give to that, uh, that they're giving to the general fund of our church. This is what we would call giving to our church. And this, is, this right here is funding the, it's, it's funding the ministry of our church both here in Sox Center and in Long Prairie as we have uh, multiple locations. What is the general fund used for, okay? Um, this bucket is what pays pastor's salaries. This bucket is what pays the mortgage payment, the utilities, buys curriculum for the kids' classrooms, and okay? Uh, and there's an estimated percentage breakdown that I have on the screen of, of pretty much where this money goes, five specific categories. 60% of, of what's given to our church through this, through by the tithe of the general fund actually goes to our staffing. And if you didn't know this, we currently have, we have seven full-time pastors between our two locations right now and a, and a pretty much a full-time um, admin who holds us all together and keeps us all together as well, okay? All right, and so about 60% of everything that gives goes to the staff, and that's on purpose for us. We are a heavy-staffed church on purpose, and that's kind of the way that we feel like we want to do things at this point at least. About 15% of everything that's given to that goes to the building, pays the mortgage, utilities, upkeep, and all that stuff. 10% is what we call operational. That is like toilet paper and copiers and, okay, you'd be crazy, it, it's crazy how much that stuff adds up at our church. Cleaning supplies, the list goes on and on and on of all sorts of random junk that we need to operate here as a church. It's really crazy, okay? 5% um, goes to what we call ministry budgets. That's specific ministries in our church like the kids' ministry stuff, um, the teenager stuff, even our life groups when we have different things, okay, all that type of thing. You get the idea behind that. 10% of everything that's given to the general fund, we immediately send out to support missionaries. Uh, and we fund, we have arms of River of Life Church all over the world, and we support them uh, specifically every month with 10% of the general fund that is given, okay? That's our general fund. It's funding the ministry of our church family right here, this building and us. Nod your head if you're with me so far. Sweet. The second bucket we call, um, right now we call it missions. And this is where individuals and families as a part of our church family give above and beyond what they give to the church. And they give it designated to help fund missionaries and missions projects that are happening all over the world. Some of these are local. In fact, about, so about 73% of everything in 2021 that was given specifically to missions uh, went global in nature. 27% went more local uh, in, you know, in, in what that looks like, okay? And so we have missions is how, is, and, and that's an important bucket for us, by the way. Uh, in 2021, we had about $81,000 that was given from our church family designated to missions around the world uh, and, and locally, okay? $81,000, that's amazing. We also have a bucket that we call benevolence, and from different times and different seasons, people give to this bucket. What is this, okay? This is our church family meeting the physical needs of local people here in our community. Uh, Sox Center, Melrose, Long Prairie, that area for the most part, but we have people all the time who are coming to the church and they have physical needs, something is going on. Um, and we have a system that we put things through. We have a database that is kept. We are very strategic about how we do that. We never give people cash. We fill gas tanks. We buy groceries. We buy Christmas presents. Uh, you know, and the list goes on and on. That will pay somebody's 
electric bill if they've got an issue. And so we are helping people in our community here um, who, who are struggling with some of that, okay? And uh, we have a system in place. I love the way that we handle that. Last year, we had about $2,500 given specifically to this bucket um, where it's just to help people. And then sometimes additional money is put in there in different ways at different times, okay? There's also a bucket we call our Christmas Eve offering. And so on our Christmas Eve services, we do this very specifically. This last Christmas Eve, we, if you were here, we had an offering that was specifically 100% given away to help people with the relief through some of the tornado stuff that had just happened. And we, uh, we helped fund some of that relief through an organization called Convoy of Hope, which is like them and the Red Cross are pretty much leading the nation when it comes to this type of stuff. But we do that in the name of Jesus through Convoy of Hope. Okay? And uh, we had $11,000 come in on that Christmas Eve services. 100% of that money went out. And was, okay, so uh, just understand that. The, the list goes on. We also have buckets for just what we call specific projects throughout the year. This last year, we did something for something called Treetop Kids. And we did something, a Minneapolis school project that we helped with in the middle of some different things. Um, Child Hope was another specific project. If we were here, we did these type of things. Um, our church family gave about $10,000 total. This is above and beyond what we give to the church, and it went specifically um, out to those types of things. I promise we're getting there, but we're, this is important to us, okay? We also have buckets for the kids and the teenagers giving, and I'm, and I'm not talking about us, us giving money to, to our teenagers and our kids' stuff. This bucket is actually the teenagers and the kids giving, and so we have a couple things. We have uh, the teenagers give to what's called Speed the Light. It's a missions project organization where they're doing amazing things around the world. Our kids give to what they call BGMC, Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. Last year, between the two, our teenagers and our kids gave $19,000. That's ridiculous. Yeah, you clapped for that one because that's amazing, isn't it? Okay, and so we have that as a different... Um, a different bucket. We also have a scholarship bucket, and some of you have paid for, for kids to go to camp from our church and youth convention and different things like that, because we have families within our church who got like nine kids, and they all want to go to camp, and we can't afford it, or, or someone who is in a situation where they just can't send their kids to camp, and many of you have given to this bucket at a certain time, okay, throughout the years. We have a bucket like that, and then the last one, we'll just call, we just call what we call our Christmas offering. This was our year-end giving. If you were here in the month of December, um, this year we had like $32,000 that was given to this bucket right here at the very end okay, of the year. Okay, so, and so this currently is like how things work at our church behind the scenes. And I know there's a lot, but there's a lot that is happening that you just don't even realize and don't even understand when it comes to giving to our church, okay? I know this might be boring for some of us, but here we go. We're rocking this and we're getting somewhere, I promise. Now, if you could split all of this up, there's really two categories. We have giving to the church, and we have what we'll call giving through the church. And I'll, I'll explain it in this way. Right here, when you give to the general fund, you are giving to our church. You are giving to this ministry. You are getting to pay the staff. And this money goes to our church, and we spend this money for our church. Okay? We call that to the church. Everything else, for the most part on this, is actually giving through our church. And even though it feels like it's good, you're giving to the church because you're writing our church name on your check or you're giving on our church website, the reality is pretty much the rest of this does not stay here in any sort of a way. It immediately goes to us and through us and out, okay? And so we have missions through us and it's out. Benevolence, not a penny of benevolence is spent for our church. This is all 100% goes out other places, okay? Christmas Eve, this was the tornado thing. It went out 100%. Our project's out. The only possible exception would be the Christmas offering, the year-end gift. This year, some of that went to us. But in the future here, we have a different plan of actually how we're going to handle that, okay? Now, I say all of that, okay, because here's where we're headed with this. Are you ready? Um, instead of having eight buckets on the stage here, we're really just going to go down 
to what we call two buckets very strategically, okay? And so we're just gonna go like that for now. Okay, that was, that was fun, okay? <laughs> and so here's where we're at, here's where we're kind of at. Two buckets for us, um, the first one the same, to our church. Everything that goes through our church, we are now labeling in one different, in one organized section called Kingdom Builders. And I'll explain to you why quickly with this, but we're able to streamline and organize things in a much more significant way that is much clearer to people. And so uh, we, have a, we have a bucket to give to our church and we have a bucket to give through our church. And within this, we have all sorts of different things, okay? Uh, and, uh, and we've made this super clear for you with these little booklets. Now grab, grab that thing for me right here because we're just gonna go through this quickly. Uh, we're doing okay on time. I didn't doing better than I thought I would do. Uh, I know you're probably bored, but there's a lot of information that we're just kind of kicking around, but this, this is important, okay? Um, this booklet is our strategic plan for 2022 for everything that's in this bucket right here for Kingdom Builders. And so I'm up here today basically telling you about everything that our church is going to be a part of and, and fund um, outside of who we are right here. Every penny of this is going outside for the most part, okay? And, and turn, turn this, like turn your little thing here till you get to a two on the top, page number two. It's like this green page and she's got this on the screen for me, that's beautiful. And we have split up our Kingdom Builders giving going through the money that's given through our church into three specific categories based on what we were doing. Uh, we have global, we have local, and we have what we call the future generation. Okay, global, local, and the future generation. Uh, and you can read through these paragraphs here quickly on your own if you want to, but like basically we are funding projects uh, and ministry that are happening globally, what does global mean? It's, for us, that's outside of the United States. And we have a lot of that type of stuff. Uh, we're also funding projects and ministry that's happening locally. And for us, when we say local, that is America as a whole, there's some, but, but more specifically, most of that, most of our local stuff is going to be in Minnesota, and even most of that is going to be in central Minnesota here, okay? Um, and then we also are investing in the future generation, uh, the teenagers and the kids in our church and in our community and in our state. That's what the future generation is for us. Let me give you just a couple examples of each. Uh, look at page number three, it's just next to it, and it says global here on the top. You can follow along. This is the list of our 2022 global projects. This is what your church family is involved in this year when it comes to globally uh, building the kingdom of God. Quickly, I'm just gonna go through a couple on the list. Africa Oasis Project's the first one. Globally, the lack of clean water in our world is killing people everywhere, and it is a horrendous thing. Uh, we're involved in drilling water wells strategically in the country of Africa and using this to spread the gospel. One of the places specifically, we build, we, we build water wells and they plant a church right next to it, and the people in the community flood to that church because clean water is available. It's a strategic way that we're able to do that. Okay, BGMC is the next one. Again, we talked about this is our children's giving and they're gonna continue to do that. Speed the light, the last one, okay. We have specific things we're involved in, specific countries like the country of Haiti um, and Indonesia. We're also helping to translate the Bible into languages that it do, they do not have it. There are over 2,000 languages right now that do not have one single scripture translated into their language. This is in our world. The majority of those are in the country of India, okay? And so this is a part of what we're doing. We're helping, we're helping do that. We're also building Bible colleges and pastor training centers around the world, equipping local people to reach their own people. We're planting churches mobilizing missionaries in some of the most dangerous places in the world, okay? We're involved in stopping modern day slavery that's happening, sex trafficking around the world through Project Rescue. Like listen, what we are doing globally in 2022 is stinking fantastic. 
It is massive, and it is huge, and we, are, and we feel the strategic piece to what we're doing globally is going to have a massive impact on people hearing for the very first time. And so we're fired up about, that's our, that's our global impact, and you are a part of that. Flip one page to the local projects. Okay, we're rocking this now, I promise. You get to, this is like being in school, isn't it? Open your book to page number, whatever, and you're like, oh, this is stupid, but that's okay. All right, local projects. This is fantastic, okay? And, and some of these you'll hear as, as, some of our, as some of our other buckets here, okay? Um, we have our benevolence ministry that you can read about, local stuff. We're funding church plants in Minnesota, uh, hopefully more specifically in central Minnesota. It, we also have, in America, we are helping with the sex trafficking uh, situation that is all over the place, okay? We are helping with that through what's called Free International. In fact, we have a missions team going to Las Vegas here in like two weeks to help with that. We fund some of that as, as well. Um, our projects, in, our local projects include our serving our community through, we have an Easter egg hunt we do in Long Prairie, uh, our Halloween outreach here in Sox Center, Serve Your City Day that we do in the fall, Light to Night that we do, all of this fits in that. We, are, we partner with the public schools here in town and in Long Prairie, if you didn't know that, and, and are helping in all sorts of different ways with the schools. We actually uh, uh, fund some of, some of the things that the police department is doing in town, uh, providing safety education through this program that they, that they do, and we fund a part of that through, through this type of stuff locally, okay? We have a jail ministry in Long Prairie, or the Todd County Prison, helping people find freedom from drug and alcohol addiction through Teen Challenge, inner city ministries in St. Cloud and Minneapolis that we are involved in, some of the most under-resourced people in our state. We are right there in the middle of that, helping a lot of, we are highly involved in funding all sorts of things locally. Understand that, okay? Globally, locally, uh, and finally, our future projects, which is just the next page. But when you see future projects, do not think these are projects that are happening in the future. That's not what this is. This is the future generation. And we prioritize that. Uh, it's funding spiritual growth and leadership development in the next generation, kids and teenagers. And we do this in a whole bunch of different ways by sending kids to camp, sending kids on missions trips and helping to fund some of that stuff. Uh, we fund strategic school assemblies in the state of Minnesota, if you didn't know this. We're a part of that, uh, and we're in the process of getting involved in the foster care and adoption system here in Minnesota. That is something that we are working towards, and we're, uh, like, I'm fired up about that. As we get closer to Mother's Day, we're going to kind of unveil some things that we're launching with foster care stuff in our state. We are absolutely committed to building the kingdom of God locally, is what I was going to say, globally, locally, and in the future generation, and we are like, we're putting our money where our mouth is with, with this type of stuff. For the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the next generation, for the sake of the community, for the, for the sake of our world more strategic, more purposeful, more effective than ever before. And I, know, and I know this because this is the dream that God has put on our heart. I know that in the future here, we are going to, as a church, we're going to give a half a million dollars above and beyond what we give to our tithe to help reach people who have never heard globally, locally, and around the world. Like I, this, is, this is the goal for me that God has kind of put on our hearts. Okay, I'm not so sure how soon that's going to happen. That's, some of that is kind of up to us, right? You with me on that? Okay, uh, quickly turn to page six and seven. We're almost done with this book, but then you can read through this for your enjoyment later. It's beautiful, isn't it? Like you're just like, did you read that book? Is it? We can pass it around. It's good, okay? Okay. Uh, and, and you can find, you can, there's one really bad typo in there, and, and so you need to look really hard and find it, okay? Because there's a bad typo, and I, I'm still kind of bitter about that typo, but that's okay. All right, uh, page six and seven. This is what we want you to start praying about. Uh, three steps when it comes to giving financially to building the kingdom of God. And we're not all at this spot, and I get that, and, and that's okay, and please hear my heart in this, and this has been my prayer all week, and my, like one of my greatest fears in this right here, like I'm so fired up about this, and this is like my heart, and this, is, this overflows out of me, but my fear is that someone hears this and feels manipulated or guilty uh, in any sort of way. Like that's, that's just as not what this, that's not our heart in this at all. We want this to be an opportunity not like a manipulation in any way. And so just know that and feel that from me here today. 
okay? Uh, but we're passionate about this. We're passionate about it. This is the way that I steward my personal finances, this page right here, um, six and seven. First, I, I tithe. I give to church family first. This is where we believe things start. There is a beautiful Bible principle uh, called the tithe where we honor God first with everything that we have and everything that we get. We believe as a church it should start there. That's giving to your church, by the way. Okay, that's, so just understand the difference. That right there is giving to your church so that we can have this and we can grow together and we can have pastors and buildings and all of that. We believe that's where it should start. But second, um, above and beyond, what, what I do is I begin to ask God to help me make a plan. Uh, like, and my prayer is this, like, God, with my current situation, with where I'm at with my family, with where I'm at with my finances, what do you want me, what would you have me give above and beyond uh, to reach people who have never heard? And that's a prayer that I pray, and then I, and then I put that into my monthly budget. I budget that. Uh, above and beyond giving, okay, above and beyond giving to your church family, and then, and then I begin to give five, ten dollars, five hundred dollars, whatever it is, every single month. I do that as a way to prioritize this right here, uh, what we're doing and what we, what we want to see, okay? This, this will not and should not be the same for all of us when it comes to any sort of amounts here. Like, we all are in different seasons of our lives, we have different sized families and different sized income stuff. Okay? This is not like equal giving here. This is really individually just saying, God, what would you have me do? With like, uh, like If God is your priority, and you'd say God is my priority, then people who have never heard the good news about God, a God who loves them and who sent his son, like that becomes your priority. And your priority should show up in the way that you, that you handle your money. Like this is just not guilting, not manipulating, but I'm just saying is God, if God is your priority, then the, like that plays itself out in how you live, in the words that you speak, and in how you handle your budget. So I prayerfully put together a plan, commit to it, work it, make it happen as it becomes a priority in my life to build the kingdom of God. We tithe, we plan, and then for me, I also, I do what's called dream. And for me, that look, this looks like this. Like, God, someday, I'll, like, I want to do something big. And, and with your help, like, in a way, I make a goal. And I say, someday, okay? And I, and, and I put that away, and I dream for something more and something bigger. Because this is a priority for me. For this year, and I prayed about this. I don't like this part, but I felt like I just wanted to put a stamp of like, this is how much I believe in this. For, for this year, prayerfully, my family, like we, we are committed to giving like right around $500 every month to this, above and beyond what we do. But I also have a dream for us to give $10,000 this year total. And when I look at that, $500 a month is like a, it's a stretch for us. That, that, that means we, we probably don't have a car payment that we can afford. And we don't, we might not have peacock television or whatever it is. No, but, but I, said that, I said that as a joke. But for, for me, for real, this is, this is a priority. And like, I'm, I'm all in on this. $500 a month is a stretch. $10,000 this year, like I don't know how that can happen. And that's kind of my dream. And I don't share this in arrogance or like look at me, but just to say this is a massive priority for me in my family. My teenagers will have a goal this year, each of them, both of them, of what they want to figure out how to do and how they want to give. My little girls, I have two, I have two teenagers and two little girls, and the two little girls will have, will have a goal this year. It might be a dollar a month. I don't, like, I don't care. Something. They're going to have a goal because they understand this too, and this is the way we do things as a family. And today, like, just... Like, we're, we're just about done with this, I promise. But today, um, some of you know me, you're like, his promises mean nothing <laughs> when it comes to this. <laughs> but today, today, I just want to present this to you in, in the form of, like, an opportunity. That, that this, is, this is your church family doing some big stuff. And 
and you, you just, you have an opportunity to be a part if that's something you feel like you're in on and that you would have, that God would have you do this year. Uh, we, we've done the heavy lifting. We've spent hours praying and planning for our church to be strategic in this. And you have an opportunity in front of you to, to be a part of something much bigger than you, to bring the message of Jesus globally, locally, and in the future generation. Uh, along with this little booklet thing, like you, it, we also have just this little card here that we would love to get from you at some point. If this is something you're gonna do, you can put this up here, the last slide up on there for me, thank you. And, and so this year, this year we have a goal in our church family to give $200,000 for our church family to give $200,000. Now if you're like, how does this compare? This last year we actually, without even all the priority, prioritizing and planning and strategy, we actually as a church family gave a little over 160 grand, okay, to this. So we're not even like that far away. In fact, as I've been praying about this, I feel like $200,000 for us is like not really even a stretch. Because I just, I feel that as we grab this, and we're strategic with it, that this is gonna be something that we do. And uh, this will be a combination, you know, when I say $200,000, what does that mean? It's a combination of people giving monthly, like I do. We have all sorts of people in our church that have been doing that. Um, it's also a combination of, of some bigger projects and things that we will be presenting throughout the year that we'll have opportunities to be a part of, locally, globally, and in the future generation. And this right here is just, like, what, what I want for you is to just take these home and read through this, pray about this, talk to your spouse about this, if that's your situation, and really just say, God, what are you, what are you having us do this year? And um, we'd love to get this from you next week, if possible, or today. Maybe some of you are like, I already got this, I already know. You know, and you can just like throw it in the offering box if that's your thing. A couple of, there's some information we wanted from people too, just to kind of help us. And if you look in the back of this, there's a spot that it says, like after you read through the Kingdom Builders book, what area of Kingdom Builders are you most passionate about? And we want to hear, are you most passionate about global, local, or the future generation? And, and you can just check one of those. It helps us understand the pulse of where we're at as a church. Um, and then there's a spot where we want you to write in two of the projects that we're doing that you are most drawn to. As you're looking through the global, the, the local, and the future projects here, and, and we would love for you to just write out a couple like, whether it's translating the Bible into a language that doesn't have it, maybe like that grips you, or, or the foster care system in America, or sex trafficking stuff and helping with whatever, that like, like helping under-resourced kids go to camp, whatever. We, I would love to just know what this looks like for you as you're a part of this. Um, and yeah, when you're done with this, you can put it in the offering box, uh, it, or you can fill this thing out online as well. In fact, I didn't say this, but if you're watching this online, we've got all this information and this booklet can be found on our website. It's just a Kingdom Builders tab. It has all sorts of information on there. It's like super good. Again, no guilt, no shame, no nothing like that. An opportunity, an opportunity to do something big as a church family for the kingdom of God, for his glory around the world. And we'll continue to have missionaries come in and speak to us and show us things. And, and we are taking some trips that we're planning to go, you know, hopefully here this summer and this fall, depending on some different things. Okay, locally, we're highly invested in what's happening here, not just in our church family, but community, schools, police department, the list goes on and on what we're doing, and in the future generation, in your kids and your teenagers and, the, and, the, and those in our community as well. So, all right, nod your head at all if you're falling asleep. Oh, I tricked you. All right, please stand with me all over this place. Music team, you guys can come and... Uh, start to play, but we might be done before you start to play. We'll have to see. If, uh, if any of you want to talk about this type of stuff with us, uh, we would love to have that. Um, and, I, and I will say this as well, I forgot to say this, for some of us in this place, you have been doing like monthly missions commitments. That's been my story. And, and just understand that, that that now fits into this right here. 
That's what this would be. And know, and know that if you, if you are like a massive missions person, and when I say missions, we're mostly talking about global stuff that's happening around the world. And there's some of us in here that that stuff just like grips you. And know that if that's your situation, every penny that you would give through our kingdom builders would go that direction for you. And so you don't have to like worry about, you know, I wanna I want give money, but I don't want it to go to that, you know, or whatever else. Like you don't have to worry about that. We got, we got that taken care of and figured out for you as well. Um, but just an opportunity, an opportunity to build the kingdom of God. Next week, we're going to talk about planting locations, revitalizing churches. We're going to talk about um, people from our church going out, doing ministry in different ways. It's a part of the vision that we feel like God has just put on our heart for the next few years. Significant stuff. This gets me excited. Someone, someone before the service today came up to me and said, "How in the stink are you going to do five hundred thousand dollars in one year?" And I was like, "I didn't say anything." He said, "Say something." I was like, "I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know." <laughs> but let's do it. You know, that, that was kind of my response. And so let's just—we're just, just going to—I um, want to pray for you here before we do. We just always want to give people an opportunity to respond to the message of Jesus for the first time. We, we heard that in our scripture today. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it's this internal thing as you are awakened to the fact that God loves you and God has done something so supernatural. And the response is for us to say, yes, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. And with no one looking around, just a, a time of privacy and reflection. If you're here today and you would just say, Pastor Kyle, I have never done that. I've never made that decision for me personally to respond to Jesus and what he did. And I want to do that today. That this is not, are you baptized and confirmed? And that's not what this is. It's a heart thing between you and God. If you're here and you would say, I've never done that, will you just show me your hand? I just want to pray for you. If you're online right now, you can respond to this. You can respond to this as well. Click a button that says respond or like just, just like in your heart, you can do this. Anyone at all. Church, let's just say a prayer together. Um, just, just for those that maybe are in this, that this is the spot they're in. And so let's just pray, pray, pray. Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me, forgive me of my sins, and change my life. In your name I pray, amen. Come on, put your hands together for that. Now, let me just pray for us as a church, specifically with this stuff right here. God, we, God, we wanna be where you want us to be, and God, we, we feel this pull to responsibility to those who have never heard and Lord I just pray that that this would change things for us that it would challenge us that it would move us and that God even even when it comes to how we handle our money the money that we've worked so hard for God I just pray I pray that as we begin to live our lives with open hands that not only would people hear who have never heard, but God, that, that our lives would be transformed as we kind of um, are on mission in a different way. And so God, we just pray. We pray for our church. We pray for supernatural things to come, even in giving ways like never before. We just, we hold on to the dream that you've kind of put here. And we ask for you to help us and bless this and move in this, God. Uh, we give this to you. Thank you, God. It's in your name we pray. Everybody said, amen.